Lord, it's a miracle. Think I'm blind? Is that what you're saying? What about you? You blind? Tell me what this is. Not tomorrow, not after breakfast. Now. This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. The world is awash in stories that only a few months ago would have seemed bizarre works of fiction. The U.S. president touting tanning salons as the future of healthcare. Protesters wielding assault rifles surrounding their state capital, demanding their right to get a haircut. And the ineffectual action of those in power to stem the spread of the virus in prisons, among the homeless, and in old folks' homes. And as spring inches ever closer to summer, will boredom and angst in the general population bring a second surge of infection sooner than expected? Are we damned if you do and damned if I'm staying inside if my neighbor's barbecuing? And while we're distracted, what are they doing behind our backs? Let's check in where truth happens. Kick off your shoes, take your work Zoom call to the toilet, and burn down your bank. It's Sunday night, late night, time for Truth Happens. With me always is Tupac still alive. Thanks for joining me once again. We're here representing the anonymous group Truth Happens, an international group of truth seekers, wherever they may be. And this week was a real doozy, I think you can agree. Tupac's still alive. I uh, don't even really know where to begin. Oh yeah, there's a lot of weird shit happening this week. I saw you were deep in the thread about Trump's claims that we should be ingesting uh, bleach and cleaners. It's not clear what products we should be uh, drinking or whether he was being sarcastic, whether we're supposed to inject them. Well, it seems he's been influenced by the peddlers of some bleach company, <laughs> which sounds like actually a cult or an MLM. <laughs> okay, go uh, go on. I didn't hear anything about this. Well, it's this bleach that is branded as MMS, which stands for Mineral Miracle Solution. Miracle Mineral Cure, and this scientist, <laughs> he calls himself a scientist, he wrote to Trump suggesting that people should ingest this bleach that he distributes <laughs> as a way to cure or prevent themselves from getting coronavirus. Well, back up for a second. What's this scientist's name? Uh, Mark Grenon. Mark Grenon is selling a miracle... So it's essentially like a biblical cure. <laughs> Absolutely is the way it sounds, right? And he's positing himself as a minister of a church, but they're selling industrial bleach? He posits himself as the Archbishop of Genesis 2 which is a Florida-based outfit that claims to be a church. But what they actually do is produce and distribute chlorine dioxide bleach as a miracle cure. (laughs) Yeah, he calls it MMS. Well, you know who could use a miracle solution, allegedly, is Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea. Apparently, he 
is either vegetative or no longer with us. He could be dead. He could be dead. Uh, we're waiting on confirmation. There are stories dribbling in, and it is hard with these countries that are so shut off from the rest of the world. I mean, we had the situation with China's coronavirus numbers and the information they were giving to the WHO. Whether those were accurate, we had no idea. True. Now these stories coming out of North Korea, um, broke. the story was broken by TMZ, of all people. Apparently, yes. Basically, since the Seth Rogen movie, The Interview, uh, was squashed, Kim Jong-un has been on the map as a celebrity, and TMZ has had someone on his tail ever since. So I guess it shouldn't come as a shock that they were the ones to break the story. I'm sure he's under quite a bit of surveillance, and that is how we know that he has not been seen in the public for at least two weeks. Nobody knows for sure what his uh, health check is, but people are saying that he is dead, he is incapacitated, he is vegetated, uh, he is in a coma, he is brain dead. Or he could be doing just fine, they say. Other stories say... Anyway, let's suppose, you know, I don't want to... Uh, shit on a man's life, but let's say this uh, despot has been deposed. Um, assuming that he is gone now, his sister Kim Yo-jong is slated to take over. Do you know anything about his sister? I mean, she is a bit of a mystery, as is most of his family, but uh, I've got some people looking into it right now. It seems like she was a pretty fervent defender of her brother's reputation, a close confidant. Uh, she went to private school in Switzerland. I've seen an, an adorable school photo. She's wearing a, a choker, you know, like a close, kind of one of those weaved pattern chokers. <laughs> yeah, it's a teenage girl thing, I know. <laughs> and she was a favorite of her late father, Kim Jong-il, so she's been close to the seat of power, and I wouldn't put it past her to... Um, fill the boots and I wonder how this is going to change especially the relationship with the US over this back and forth over the nuclear issue well I suppose only time will tell and uh, maybe we'll get a confirmation as to Kim Jong-un's health or lack thereof either way it's really anyone's guess how their relationship with Trump is going to look moving forward. I mean, Kim Yo-jong is nicknamed the Ivanka Trump of North Korea, and perhaps that will... Oh, that's isn't it? I mean, that could mean a range of things, that she was working in close collaboration with her family, or that she has a mediocre clothing line that has been pulled from a lot of shops. Um, she has an ineffectual husband who um, has been grandstanding based on a lot of nepotism. But I digress. I think the biggest conversation on the board this week was about the seat of power shifting back to we, the people, especially in the face of these protests that were happening all across the country, up in Canada. I think there have been some in Europe. And it really does speak to these feelings of, you know, isolation and our need to get back out into the world. 
Moreover, and on YouTube, their power over other lives and time. Right, people are mad because these new rules have been imposed upon them. But there have been some pretty direct links between, um, especially Stephen Moore, who's uh, on Trump's Reopen the Economy Council. He was funding some of these protests um, or helping get get them organized. Right, yeah. And allegedly some of the people spotted at these protests were also at the protests in Charlottesville, the, you know, the awful protests there. So um, the, the awful situation there. Um, you know, this might bring us back to that boogaloo story this could be the start of something really awful i don't want to say a full-on civil war but uh it gives you pause it's definitely giving me a lot of pause well on that note here's uh liza minnelli with the pet shop boys and losing my mind
just being kind Or am I losing my mind Or will you just be Joining Truth Happens now is a member of the online message board at Queen of Hearts. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. How, how are you finding this period of isolation and madness? Oh, I like the way you call it because I, I, I'm, uh, I'm finding like uh, the phrase, these difficult times uh, becoming quickly becoming one of my most hated phrases at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of meaningless at this point. Yeah, it's just filling up air. And so what's been on your mind lately? Well, everything. I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about people I haven't even met and people that I love. And I'm concerned, like, like with all things, I sort of end up... I, I know that uh, centralist or whatever is kind of a bad word these days, but I kind of end up finding myself in the middle of a lot of things in a gray area because... I think that I lean so far left that I go round in a circle and try to get a bigger picture. <laughs> and so you sometimes and, pop out the other side? Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, or at least I understand. I can maybe possibly sometimes empathize with somebody who leans more right than I do where they're coming from because of their background and, and stuff like that. I don't have energy to hate. I just don't want to. Is there any common ground you're finding with people on, I guess, the right as you put yourself on the left um, in these uh, troubling times we're experiencing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you surprised at any common ground you've been finding with people where you maybe didn't have that before? I think that maybe the people who lean a little right are, are concerned about people who are going to experience financial difficulty, like homelessness or you know some really bad stuff is possible that could happen and um and that's where and their concern guess what i'm concerned about those i'm concerned about people too um in that i i find empathy and i can i can share that that base that heart of their concern somehow you know i'm sure yeah i feel like the virus is real but there's also power plays that are happening um, and some of them are good power plays and some of them aren't what's an example of a good power play well a good power play would might be to take a look at the way that old folks homes have been given over to people that aren't that aren't in the area to run them and uh and that's that's, that's causing problems and maybe we should look at more local solutions it's easy to to be like, well, it's all about bottom line, how much money is going on. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that's something that we can really take away from this uh, and, and have it be a positive thing. So uh, what about you? What, do you, what, are you? what are your thoughts? What do you think is uh, a po- positive thing that could come out of this? Oh, me. No one's, uh, no one's yeah. asked me a question on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Well, I was talking to someone today about starting our own bank. Oh, that's interesting. But how, how would you make it better than Bitcoin? 
Well, that's a good question. Honestly, I, I just want to barter. I want to barter with my friends. I want to trade things. I mean, it is an economy of its own, bartering. When they got rid of the gold standard and, and it just became nebulous as to like, well, it's just air, right? And now it's zeros and ones that can be flicked on and off like a switch, honestly. If your bank could go back to having something concrete. We could have the concrete standard. Bricks of concrete. <laughs> what about food? What about like Ooh, yeah, uh, onions? Yeah, onions. <laughs> you know, how many onions is it worth, or eggs, or whatever? I don't know. Cool. Was there anything else you want our listeners to know about? I don't. I don't want it to be socialism. I don't want it to be capitalism. I want a new ism where it takes the best things from both of the isms. Mm, exceptionalism. Yeah, an ism schism. An ism schism. <laughs> it is time for a new ism, I agree. <laughs> if you discover your ism, you're going to have to call back, call us uh, and give us an update. <laughs> okay, man. Cool, thanks at Queen of Hearts for calling in. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Stay safe, stay well. Well, in the name of human camaraderie, let's check out Mariah Carey's cover of the Jackson 5's I'll Be There. Baby. 
All right, joining us via secure signal call, a, a member of the Truth Happens message board community, at Terry Bateman. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm really, uh, really happy you finally got me on. I mean, I know uh, it's been difficult uh, to just communicate, really, but uh, I'm just really into, I guess you could call it my other world. Um, but um, I mean, we're all going to be there at some point, right? But uh, thanks for having me on. I really, really, uh, really appreciate this. I mean, I've been trying to get everybody uh, on board. You mentioned something about your other world. What was that in reference well, to? I don't want to really get. I don't want to get into like crazy details, just because I know I don't. I don't know what kind of security you have on your uh, on your end. I think um, Signal has like an encrypted thing, but we're also putting this out over the radio. Oh, see, that's your first problem right there. Okay, well, um, I can modulate your voice if you'd feel more comfortable. I can put some kind of voice modulation on your voice. Yeah, just let me know when you put it on. Um, here is it on now? Is uh, it yeah. on? Yeah, there we go. No. no okay. 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 Great. Okay. So uh, basically, what we're working with is um, I put together my own virtual uh, universe. I guess you could call it. I've been working on this thing for the last about 11 years, and uh, it's getting to the point where I have my own uh, economy, my own currency. I don't really need to do much. Um, there's about I'm going to say 700 people on the continent right now that are also on this thing. And you know, what we're doing is we're just starting. We're, we're pioneers. We're just starting our own, our our own way of living. I mean, look at the way it is outside. Look what's happening right now. I mean, we're we're all on our way here. Um, and um, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this way that I haven't gone outside in in a very very long time. I haven't changed my shirt in about three weeks and. Uh, I mean, I can tell you it smells, but you wouldn't know. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Oh man, uh, my diet is pretty uh, crazy though right now. I've been eating a lot of frozen chicken wings. Are you cooking them first? No, I'm, I'm making milkshakes out of them. I just, I just uh, blend a bunch of chicken wings, uh, frozen chicken wings, and milk, and then I just stuff that down just to, just so it doesn't interrupt my time in, in the in the in the real world. Uh, now, when I say real world, I mean. Uh, my my virtual world when I put my headset on because that's what I think the real world is. I see. Okay. Well, every everything that we're we're looking, everything around us right now, or uh, or I guess you could consider your real world, everything like that. That's all. <laughs> that's that's not that's not that's not it for me. I'm uh, I'm gonna go back. I got my uh, I got my wife, my kids in this thing i mean uh, my kids going to a very very expensive college uh and i can pay for everything um i feel good i'm confident um, i dress well my hair is, is still there um i have uh you know i don't have any cavities you know even if i did go to the dentist that's fine Virtual dentists. Right. I'll tell you what. That's that's another thing. And so, what does this real world offer to you that the physical, actual real world doesn't? Sex. A lot, a lot of, a lot of sex. I mean, that's really the first, the, the main reason why I did it was sex. Um, I just, but when I had a, I had a friend that told me, told me about it, and I said, I don't know, but I put it on, and oh man. Uh, they have these, uh, they have these flashlights that you can buy for them. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar. Um, well, let me you ask you a different question. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
is there is there something from this um, real world of yours that you've created some utopian ideas that you think might be important for us to look at to bring back to this other real human world i mean uh, there's no taxes all money is all money is made up uh, we have one central bank um, that's named after me it's called the terry bateman bank oh i see terry bateman is your actual real human name no t- no terry bateman is my code name which I use all over the place. My real name I will never reveal. So good, good try there. I'm just surprised that you picked just kind of a boring, normal name for your uh, your secret identity is Terry. It's Bateman. actually it's actually an acronym, but that's something that no one will ever really know what it is unless you guess. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, to go back to it, Terry Bateman Bank. Uh, everybody makes a deposit. You're only allowed in my world if you make one deposit of $200. Now, like I said, we have about 700 people in there. So that's lasted me for a while. I mean, it really is uh, something like crypto cash, which we can't really use anywhere else except in our um, virtual kingdom, which I like to call it, the BK. Um, and uh, I kind of run the place in like a, I guess you could say like a Fidel sort of way. And uh, it really just lets you uh, live comfortably. Uh, when I say that in me, it lets me live comfortably. Everyone else is kind of just, you know, like I said, it's all for the sex. We're all having great times. It's, it's a lot of sexy times. And that's what's appealing to uh, for these other 699 people. I can't really say that much uh, just because everybody kind of uses different identities so i don't know what they're there for a lot of people like to watch that's for sure i usually have about i don't know 11 to 27 people a night uh come by so yeah you know and as you mentioned you went to the dentist which in our real human world they're closed so you can't so do you think this might be a direction that more people are going to go in the future since we're all isolated and spending more time online Oh, we're going to have everything available in the virtual world. I mean, it's just a matter of time for, for, I mean, I've already kind of invented it. I give myself, it's called the cube, which I I go into uh, and I put different sensors on each muscle. And when I'm in this cube, I can feel everything. Um, Like I said, I have the flashlight and then um, I put a mouthpiece into my it is, uh, you know, like a CPAP machine? You know those? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. It goes in through your nostrils in your mouth, and it helps open up uh, the, the air passage into your, through, through your nostrils so that you're not uh, choking uh, in your sleep. So it's similar to that, where um, instead of just having air passage, it, it puts, it releases sensors uh, through your mouth and your nostrils, so you actually are able to feel the same thing. Now, um, you, you, you don't necessarily uh, feel, uh, you don't necessarily uh, get fillings or anything when you go to the virtual dentist. Uh, you'll still have the same pains. Maybe you'll have like a drilling sensation if the virtual dentist using, uses a drill, but he won't fix anything. Uh, but you'll have that feeling. Which is, uh, which, which is just, you know, it, it makes you, it makes you feel like you're doing something productive. But uh, re- realistically, you're not really, uh, you're not really helping yourself. 
And do you see this virtual kingdom of yours achieving some kind of nation state status in the real world, being acknowledged as one of our sovereign states? And perhaps we could start to move some of the geopolitical realm of our world into this virtual world. Do you, do you see that happening? A series of virtual nation states? One day, my friend, one day we will rule it all. In fact, we've already actually bought some property out in the uh, Costa Rican islands. Um, we, we bought a space already that will kind of be our headquarters uh, for people to, I guess you could say, retire. Is this property for pretend? Is this online or is this in the real world? This is this is in your real world. Oh, some real physical property. Mostly just so we can, uh, uh, you could you could almost relate it to the Matrix where everybody was in pods. Uh, I basically bought a little little bunch of property there just so everybody could be in hammocks and we can have our sensors, our cubes, and uh, live out there for the rest of the days. Because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna just lie lie somewhere for the rest of the time, you might as well do it on an island. Right? Am I right? Absolutely. And with some kind of infrastructure to keep your human body alive and healthy? Uh, no, it was mostly because they filmed Jurassic Park there, and that's one of my favorites. But uh, you were talking about this pod system. How would the people in the pods um, retain their human form in a, in a healthy way? Um, well, like I said before, it's not so much a... I call them uh, digital hammocks. Um, but they're they're not really uh, so much pods. But like I said before, they're they're more. I call them, they're called cubes. Really, the company that makes them, um, my my company. Um, and when we made them, like I said, you just kind of like burrow in. You're in a fetal position. Um, you have to be naked because that's how the sensors get on you. And. Uh, there is one little tube that comes out. If you'd like, you can have some. Doesn't really have any water. It's mostly milk and uh, blended food. Um, that's that's really all I've been eating for the last eleven years. It's just blended food. But yeah, I mean, if you want, you can just lock it and uh, die in there. Which, um, if you're if if that's kind of the contract that you signed. Uh, before coming out there, a lot of people, everyone really, 100% of everyone has to sign a contract saying that I am not liable in any way if they pass away in the queue. Of course. And I guess people are going to die eventually, so this might be an appealing option to people to go out in style. I mean, instead of saying in style, we have an old saying back at our place. If you're going to die in the cube, do it in the nude. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, anything uh, else you wanted us no. to know about your uh, virtual kingdom, Terry? If, ever, if anybody is uh, interested at all, please, uh, I'll give you my uh, my personal email, and you can get somebody to, to send me a message if they're interested in cubes. Sure, go ahead. What's the email? It's uh, Terry Bateman 00 four six seven twelve three twenty two eight nine then three nines at tb dot org sorry that's tb tb as in terry bateman oh, terry, of course and you're an organization are you a dot, dot 
Org. Yeah. Well, I I had I have to be if I want to pay taxes here in the in the your real world, right? Of course. Great. Well, thanks for calling in, Terry. Oh, thank you so much. Like I said, I've been meaning to get on here for a while, and uh, you're 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 pretty pretty great. I mean, a lot of stuff I'm hearing. I'm I'm enjoying this. Take care of yourself. I will. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Take care. Well, for Terry Bateman, here's a soundtrack worthy of your virtual kingdom. It's Sean Nicholas Savage with Other Life. Of a beautiful life 
This is KPIS FM, and you're listening to Truth Happens. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that last caller in. Terry? You want to talk about Terry Bateman's <coughs> Virtual Kingdom? Yeah, I mean, it got me thinking a couple of things. I mean, on the one hand, what he's talking about at the beginning is kind of the breakdown of civility. This guy's saying I'm wearing the same t-shirt for three weeks, I'm blending chicken wings and drinking the puree, I'm living some sort of different lifestyle from before COVID, if you will. I think Terry was probably living like that before all of this, and I understand your, your comment about the civility in our human real world. I can't believe I have to explain that. It uh, doesn't really matter to him. He's just keeping his corporeal forum alive and having the time of his life online. Oh yeah, exactly. That leads me exactly to my next point, which was pre-COVID, we all still had to go out into the world for any number of reasons. And now we can hide behind virtual bands to a degree that we didn't have before. So a lot of people really kind of leaned into their virtual selves and are becoming less human in the physical real world. We might even be conditioning ourselves to prefer this now that we've been getting groceries delivered online and... Uh, you know, some people don't leave the house for days. Just normal, anxious people. Well, exactly, exactly. That leads me exactly to my next point, which is the conditioning of a group of people all at once to accept a new normal. Now, we have seen it happen before, even recently, i.e. reality television conditions you to not only accept 24-7 surveillance, but to crave it and to want it. Now, we're being conditioned to accept and be content with a more active online version of who we are, avatars, Sims, Second Life, United Virtual Kingdom, or whatever Terry's world is, you know, these are filling more of the time than any human-to-human interaction. But would you not argue that we need some kind of human interaction, or do you think we're going to get that? Are we tricking our brains by being online and, say, having a Zoom call? Uh, that has become tantamount to a face-to-face hangout with your friends, for instance. Oh, absolutely. We're tricking ourselves. We're tricking others and ourselves deeply. Of course we need human connection, real human-to-human, face-to-face, talk-to-touch, whatever. But I think, in general, 
accepting this new norm might be preferable to some people because now more than ever they can be that online version of themselves. It's a performance. This was touched on in the the science fiction canon of Red Dwarf. There was a game called Better Than Life and it became addictive and people didn't want to leave the game and so their human forms died away. So that's why I was asking Terry if he had some sort of infrastructure to keep your body alive. That's going to be a part of it. Yeah, and he's talking about pureed food and tubes and that's not enjoying what life has to offer you. But I think that food stuff is just keeping your human body alive, whereas your online self is enjoying the riches and bounties of whatever. Yeah, and fuck it. Sounds like this guy probably was never charismatic or social enough to be able to have the amount of sex he wants to have in the real physical world. So he is getting his rocks off virtually, so to speak. It's kind of like in the Star Wars Christmas special when they give the Grandpa Wookiee the virtual reality system for Christmas and he finally gets to see a human strip tease. So he's watching human strippers. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Now you described Terry in unflattering terms but I would argue that whereas he was maybe not seen as a sexual being in our world, that it sounds like he's killing it in his virtual kingdom. Uh, yeah, true. That's uh, a good point. So I guess what we need to do then as a society is expand the parameters of what is accepted as and considered to be sexy and sexual. I mean, this could be the time that we redefine our beauty standards across the board. Beauty and sex. Right. Joining me now via secure signal call at the Yellow Dart. Thanks for joining us. No problem. And what sort of things have been catching your attention this week in the news? Or do you have any theories about what's going on? The fear stage has passed and the boredom stage is kicking in. And people are getting restless and they're having dumb protests weird protests and then they want to get back outside and the weather's getting better too so all the more reason to want to get back outside social isolation it's so hard to say (laughs) social isolation yeah social isolation let's call it si it's just so unnatural we're 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 social animals we're herd animals we're not you know when in time in times of crisis we group together we support each other we 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 you know meet at the bar and talk about it and if you if there's a crisis and the first thing you say is you cannot meet at the bar and talk about it we don't know what the hell to do it's very very strange it's it's you know i've seen a lot of different explanations well a lot of different revelations coming out of it you know people going oh now i understand why dogs get so excited when they see another dog walk past the house i i've had this you know they'll go out with the kids and somebody that we know was crossing on the other side of the street and far enough away that it's safe but close enough that you can talk and you're just like oh, so excited a human just to see someone's face just to see yeah. someone's face and be able to interact with them not through a screen and and you feel like yeah that dog is barking at the window going hey 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 hey, hey look at me <laughs> it's, it's all very bizarre <laughs> i am still working 
part-time as a lawyer and I'm working, I work in family law for the most part. Uh, and the impact of this on family law, oh boy. And I, you know what, of all the, okay, of all the things I'm soaking up during this pandemic here, maybe that's, that's something that might have the most interest to, to the general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you seeing that affect uh, the people you're working with? I use the term keep away parents. There, there's a lot of keep away parents, parents who really do their best to ensure that their ex has as little interaction with their kid uh, as possible. Keep away parents with lovingness. Right. It gives them ammunition. And, and I'm hearing that from all of my other lawyer friends. Oh, it's the best ammunition they could ever get. So keep away parents with lovingness. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're using this. To, and I, I know I'm not alone in seeing this. Uh, all of my other lawyer friends are seeing the exact same thing that, that as soon as it came down that oh yeah you, you got to do social distancing and, and, and all this parents all over immediately said oh well guess what uh, guess what X you don't get to see your kid anymore and that's difficult and the courts are closed which makes it even more difficult oh right so you can't really so do anything about it you see, so there's very little you have very little recourse if any recourse you know, you can stand there and say, oh, when, yeah, you can stand there and say, oh, when the courts are reopened, we're going to do something about this. But right now, we don't even know when that's going to be. And when they do reopen, there's going to be a lineup around the block to get in, which is going to be crazy. It's, it's so, you know, I'm definitely, I'm not going to be short on work, which is such a cliche lawyer thing to say. And I sound terrible and feel terrible saying it, uh, but it's, it's true there's also going to be a lot of divorces coming out of this and and i do civil litigation work as well there's going there's you know the number of people that are you know breaching leases and and bailing on contracts and things like that it's it's crazy this is going to be an abs and people throw around the term unprecedented all the time in this Mm -hmm. i've heard that constantly people constantly saying unprecedented 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 Uh, in law unprecedented has a even more specific meaning because you look you rely on precedents when you go to court you, you go in with your case law which are precedents where you say last you know the court has been faced with this problem before and the last time the court was faced with this problem they did this right. but when we get okay. when, when the courts reopen we literally have no precedents for this and 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 for some of the stuff you uh, maybe uh, i haven't started doing the research on this because it hasn't i haven't needed to yet but it probably will soon you know, are there cases from 1918 that we can draw on? Maybe. I don't know. Let's see how applicable they are. Probably not for family law, not at all. For civil litigation, maybe. There's going to be all sorts of force majeure stuff. Absolutely. That's 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 the word of the day in, in, in litigation right now is force majeure. Um, and what does that mean? But, uh, so, so, like, acts of God. You know, um, oh, okay. wars, riots, insurrections, pandemics, things like that, that make it impossible to to fulfill your contract and insurance claims specifically i bet insurance they're in insurance claims for sure they're in a lot of leases they're in a lot of they're in a lot of contracts a great many contracts and it's and it's one of those like boilerplate things that people throw into contracts and don't expect to ever have to use so and this has already come up for me of pulling out a contract that that is 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 on my mind and going oh shit what does that force majeure clause actually say? We've got to really drill down into that right now, because you know, again, 
it's, it's about the unexpected. So how do you plan for the unexpected? Well, you kind of make these big, broad statements about if an unexpected thing happens, here's what we do. But, you know, should we have seen this coming? I mean, I guess we should have seen it coming. Uh, and I wonder but, if some people didn't even know it was in the small print. This French, uh, yeah. it's a French term, force majeure. If you saw that, you might just think it was, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so somebody that didn't have legal advice on a contract probably would have no idea what that means unless they really read the fine print of it. It's, and it's probably in way more contracts than, than you would expect. Hmm. Um, if somebody had legal advice on the contract, their lawyer probably explained to them what it meant, but they probably didn't spend a ton of time on it, most so, likely. So what do you foresee the future being in the courts and all of this? Uh, you know, the, the system is going to be overloaded, it seems like. Or do you think it's just going to reach a breaking point? I think it was at a breaking point before this happened. So I, it's, it's, it's it, like the courts were already overloaded. They were already having, struggling to keep up. And there's going to be, yeah, again, not just the stuff that has been ignored, or not ignored, but set, you know, delayed, is going to rush back in, but also all of this new stuff. It's going to be completely overwhelmed. I have no idea how anybody's going to get any court time particularly in the smaller registries like, like ours here, where it's already difficult enough to get any court time, it's going to be impossible yeah, yeah. to get court time. So, you know, I, I hope that they're, that when I say they, I'm not even sure who they are, but I hope that they are thinking about appointing some judges now, because we're going to need them, uh, and, and registry staff and all of that other, all of the other, you know, human power that we're going to need to, to, to figure out all of these unprecedented problems that we've got. Uh, you know, I've, I doubt this will happen. Somebody needs to somehow fast track a force majeure case to the Supreme Court to get some clarity like real quick about, about some of this stuff oh, that hasn't... Right. So there's a set of precedents for a lot of these cases. Yes, or you know, or the the government could make some legislation about you know this is what force majeure. This is how to apply force majeure clauses with regard to this pandemic. The government can do that, and it, it would they would probably be wise to do that to really to, to get you know to, to head off a lot of this very predictable litigation that's going to be coming with some legislation. That would be wise. Is it on? Is it you know forefront of their minds? I don't know. Maybe in one of the policy, you know, one of the federal policy shops, they're thinking about that. I would hope so. But maybe they're working from home and too busy. You know, looking after their kids. Yeah, looking after their kids or doing whatever else they're doing from home, or you know, writing concept albums or other things like that. <laughs> Everyone's got a concept album out there. There's going to be so many concept albums, and some of them will probably be great, and some of them will not. But I'm, I'm predicting, yes, in addition to a run on the courts, there's going to be a run on concept albums. Cool. That's all the time we have. Uh, thanks for calling in. Okay. There you go. Tupac still alive? Anything on that topic you want to touch on? Well, it does beg to mind the idea of... Uh, 
justice or the justice system as we tend to call it and whether post-COVID or as the distancing measures slacken, will we have to find a new way to prioritize casework or to handle it in a different fashion? What do you mean by casework? Oh, these legal cases, be it anything as minor as, you know, personal disputes or custody issues versus criminal cases like murder or robbery or assault. Well, from a lawyer friend, I'd heard that they were letting out a lot of people who were doing um, property damage, like breaking breaking and entering. So there certainly could be an increase in that level of crime, but certainly when the courts reopen, they're gonna prioritize things like murder cases, obviously. Um, I think the detriment might be that those who are already living in the margins and are struggling to not only deal with the court system, but you know they might be street involved or homeless or couch surfing, they might have food insecurity. I think they're definitely gonna get shunted down to the bottom of the list in terms of priority. Oh, absolutely. We already see that happening as this pandemic wave has hit us. And what has been revealed possibly in a good way for mainstream awareness is that groups of people living in the margins have been struggling for a long time. And now we are just starting to feel the tip of the iceberg of what struggle others have felt in full force. Well, when people talk about, you know, what world do we want to go back to or what what was our version of normal before and what will it be moving forward? And I think we've definitely lost, we've lost sight in how to care for and connect with our fellow humans. I absolutely agree with that aspect of what you say, but I do have a problem with the idea of a before and after because this is happening now and it's happening gradually and the shift into what is next will also be gradual and the change is gradual and I don't really think there is a before and after. There's just a new now. And you're saying this idea of before and after might let people get away with waiting it out, whereas they should be seizing this moment. The time is now to make a change in the world if you want it. Absolutely, but you know, some people just want to puree their chicken wings and uh, tap out. I mean, there's probably a surge in, um, you know, things like Second Life and I had heard Travis Scott did a private concert in Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> I from, mean, from my I have so many avatars, I can't even keep track of them, but I can't really say I've been spending more time with my avatars. No, and I think it might be time to reconnect with our real human physical world. Well, I'm not going to invite you to my fortified compound if uh, that's what you're thinking, okay? <laughs> Alright, well... 
Until next week, this has been Truth Happens on KPIS FM. Taking us out is Timmy Thomas with Why Can't We Live Together. Everybody wants to live together. Why can't we live together?